Titus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the Helming Power Hour. <laughs> and welcome back to episode 52 of the Helming Power Hour. We're glad that you're hanging out with us. We're going to dive down into a hole in the backyard, and the guy's going to help me dig that hole is none other than my brother from another mother, Danny Bennett. What's up, man? That's right. It is time for episode 52, like a deck of cards. We got all your suits. We got all your jokers. <laughs> I got the shovel. <laughs> There's a gate. It's time to go. And, and she's got the jack. She's got that jack. <laughs> she's got the look. Sorry, it's an AC. It's ACDC joke, so. <laughs> not rock set. ACDC jokes. No, are... we're not doing rock set. Why not, man? <laughs> ACDC jokes are the best, because remember, Brian Johnson left to go play with Def Leppard? <laughs> Hell, man. <laughs> what? Oh, What'd you man. say? <clears throat> But yeah, man, we're gonna we're gonna dive back into 1987 with the classic. I don't want to say horror movie. It, it's definitely a horror movie, but it's more like a gateway horror movie. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. Uh, it, the 1987, The Gate. It's got all the the and, trappings uh, of the of the 1980s kid movie, but it's definitely yeah. a horror movie. I mean, it's about a gate to hell and demons. I, I can't, I can't in any kind of conscious say it's not a horror movie. It might just not sure. be up to the standards of today's, you know, shock and awe kind of approach to horror. It's, it's a good early teen horror movie. I think that's the way I look at it is when somebody talks about introducing their kids into horror movies, this would be one that you can kind of say, yeah, you know, if you're wanting them, you know, if they're interested in horror stuff, they need to check this one out because it's just going to lead to, other scarier things. So yeah, I, I I grew up a fan of this movie. Uh, remember people talking about it in school and stuff. So it's gonna be fun to go back and talk about this one. That's gonna be a lot of fun. So I'm gonna have a good time. I don't know about well, you. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna try my best. Absolutely. So so you know what time it is. That means it is time for what did you watch? Yeah yeah. As always, I kind of hate to ask it, but Danny, what did you watch this week? Man, 
you know, this week I, I had I had to get us a, a special guest to do the synopsis, and so in in part of the deal, I had to watch <clears throat> I had to watch every Friday the Thirteenth movie. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and it's it's really kind of kind of weird because you know, it wasn't even anybody from the Friday the Thirteenth movies. That was just the stipulation that I had to. I had that to was fulfill. his request. Yeah. I, yeah. He said, in order to do a synopsis, you have to watch this series of movies because it's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. I think that there's there's no love lost between the protagonist of this movie and and our special guest, but he still just wanted me to check it out. And afterward, I told him, I said, I'm still. You know, I still believe that four is the worst one. Oof. Wow. No, so, wait, wait. so what is the bit? <laughs> Actually, eight. Eight is the worst one. Eight is yeah. the worst one. Four. I mean, four is four is actually really good. I don't like four, <laughs> but but it's not it's not as bad as eight. What? Crispin Glover? I mean, come on. Yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like four a lot. Uh, I'm not a fan of five. And I see a lot of people going back and forth because that's when it was the somebody different than, you know, the Voorhees kids doing everything. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, it's kind of like, like the Saw movies, or it's kind of like the those last couple of Scream movies. It's like, well, you remember the the killer in the first movie? Well, I'm his mom, and this is just some random guy that wants to help me kill people. <laughs> it's like. What? <laughs> I, I couldn't believe that David Lee Roth was the killer in the second Scream movie until I saw it with my own eyes. Bozy Bozy Bop! He was the best killer, man! Woo! <laughs> I forgot my knife, man! I'll come over there and kill your girlfriend, man! <laughs> Don't you run for me, pal! I'll stab your girlfriend! Uh. <laughs> no, I gotta. That would be great. We gotta watch that version of Scream. <laughs> yeah, well, I I think that's the reboot. He he calls up Drew Barrymore and goes, "Do you like Sammy Hagar?" <laughs> bozy, bozy, bop. <laughs> oh, so you watched all the Friday the Thirteenth? So which one is your favorite? I think I already know this answer. Well, I mean, yeah, man, I. Part six, yeah. <laughs> part part six. I really like uh, Jason X too, but yeah. Wow, that's going out there a bit. I, I don't. It's just something about the the whole like you know David Cronenberg being in it and and just the silliness of it. I just I think it's the silliness of the. Uh, it's kind of like we talked about um, wrestling in the eighties. I, I like because I was a kid. I liked it when it got silly. So you know some yeah. of the earlier ones might be better horror movies. <clears throat> But they're not my favorite because it, it, they weren't the the super monster in the in the uh, the ski mask that I came to love as the yeah. Friday the Thirteenth icon, you know. And, and plus, part ten is kind of a greatest hits kind of thing, you know, because you see him kind of redo some of the old classic, you know, you know the the sleeping bag scenes and things like that, where they kind of retrample some of that stuff. I don't know. I, I thought it was a neat idea. Not my favorite, but it's all right. Right, I mean, so like for half the week, I've just been shut in in a dark closet watching Friday the 13th movies, and uh, and I, I think I came out a lesser person. <laughs> I got to watch this movie. Uh, I kind of keep catching pieces of it on TV, and, and this one, I finally got to watch the whole thing. Oh, yeah? It's really, really good. It's about this guy, and he's in a Trans Am, and he's driving around, he's got a buddy, drives a big semi-truck, 
and uh, they're driving across the country and working for these people. Wait a minute. Uh, Wait, is this Big Enus? I I think what? I might know this movie. Is this uh, Smokey and the Bandit? No, no, man. This is a this is totally different. It's called no, it's not. Smokey and the Bandit Part Two. Oh, <laughs> where they're hauling a hauling an elephant, a pregnant elephant around, and uh, that, that's what I do on my weekends. I'll haul yes, a pregnant yes. elephant around. So yeah. they did, they didn't jump a bridge in this one though, you know, because you know they got an elephant. So I like it's it when Eddie Murphy comes in. <laughs> Eddie Murphy comes in and he's he's rowing that boat and he's like, "I'm gonna row your ass." I like that part. <laughs> Yeah, it's classic. But other than that, uh, that's about all I... You know what else I've watched? I've watched The Gate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think we both did. I'm, I'm that's not sure. right. <laughs> all right, so that's it for... What did you watch? What did you watch? Did you watch I, th- I think All we right, might folks, need to take the we might need to take the seriousness down a notch here. It's a <laughs> All right, <laughs> we'll be right back after this. The Hailming Power Hour is brought to you by Large Marge Trucking. Zero worker-related incidents for the past five years. Ever since the worst accident I'd ever seen on this very night. And loyal followers of Mongo like you. Hail Ming! All right, everybody, welcome back. So, yeah, we're going to jump into the old time machine, jump back to 1987. I hope everybody's ready for that. But you know what has to happen before we jump in the old time machine is we have to talk about our sponsors. Did you get any sponsors at all? I, I do. I, I did manage to secure us a sponsor. Um, they might not have the... the we're going to get their business booming, and then we're all going to be a winner. Because um, when you need to make your dog feel clean and 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 shaven then you need to take them to uh, Indi- indiana bones in the temple of groom <laughs> nice <laughs> uh, that's pretty good <laughs> <laughs> well you, you know, have to think about it for a while you know <laughs> indiana bones in the temple of groom groom is your one stop uh you know hygiene shop for your pooch and uh you know you'll you'll come out feeling like you just found the holy grail i don't i don't know i'm i don't i don't know they they're just they're just good people good dogs <laughs> good people <laughs> so what did you find all right well you remember we had our fantastic sponsor uh jerry's a couple of weeks ago oh yeah uh, yeah about Taking the restaurant well Jerry, take another look at Jerry's. That's right. He's kind of taking a leap towards towards another direction, and he's opened a new business. So here's here's Jerry's Disco. 
Hey, Jerry, what's the story? You want a party, you want to dance, you want a great night out, come on down to Jerry's Disco. But Jerry, what's the story? Unbelievable lights, unbelievable sound, giant dance floor, really big drinks and a dime. Talk about atmosphere, in other words, see for yourself. The party starts every night at nine, and I'll be here waiting for you. That's the story, Jerry! That's the story! <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Jerry's Disco, we, we're planning on going tonight. Hey, Jerry, what's the story? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you have to see the commercial, too, because it's like this, like, you know, big beer belly man with a hard hat on. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, for real. What's the story? Yeah, what's the story, Jerry? What's the story with the hard hat? <laughs> A-hole. Uh, you got another one? Nope. Okay, well, I got a couple of <laughs> I got a couple of more <laughs> that uh have have uh, kind of joined in because of the success that Jerry has had that he's opened his second business. Uh this one is a Mexican restaurant called Peppy's. How long since you've eaten at Pepe's? We're setting the table for you. No one does Mexican quite like Pepe's can. We've always got something new. Tasty surprises at family prices. Discover the Pepe's near you. How long since you've been to a restaurant that's friendly, different, and a whole lot of fun? Even Never. more than you'd expect. Come on, sit down. Dig into a real plateful of Mexican food. Mm-hmm. How long since you've eaten at Pepe's? Wow. How long have you eaten peppies? <laughs> I, I can't remember so, yeah. the last time I went to a restaurant with uh, uh, whatever they said. <laughs> <laughs> so that means you've probably never been to our next sponsor of the show. Nope. Uh, it's a restaurant called Ground Round. <laughs> Ground Round. Good news today at the Ground Round. USDA Choice Top Sirloin Steak, just $3.99. That's good news. And That's new news. Golden Fried Clams, also $3.99. More good news. Try our Baked Lemon Butter Scrod, just $3.99. That is good news. Steak, Clam, Scrod, just $3.99 each of participating Ground Rounds. Ground Round, you get a whole lot more. There you go. The Ground Round, they're selling Scraw. What's that? Man. Um... <laughs> You want yeah. some fried scraw? <laughs> no! <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what trend. it is. <laughs> I was seeing a trend with like, you know, one repeated uh, stanza between each thing. That's good news. Well, that's, <laughs> that's really good news. Good news. What's, what's <laughs> the news, Jerry? <laughs> it's like they're, they're really trying to, to, to sell that this is good news in case right. you didn't get it from the statement itself, which you might not. Anyways, yeah. we're not supposed to badmouth our sponsors because oh. they are paying to be on here. So, but uh, you know, good luck with those uh, with those in- endeavors, there, folks. Uh, hey, well, Jerry did so well; he opened up a second business. There you go. I mean, only here on the hell mean can we make or break a business like that. So, uh, be looking for a Peppy's near you. <laughs> You'll never stick have an experience hand- like it. That's right, and stick your hands in some ground round. <laughs> when was the last time you felt Peppy? <laughs> did Peppy enjoy it when you did? <laughs> ay, ay, ay! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right, since we're feeling <clears throat> Peppy, you know what time it is! Time to jump in old time machine! Okay, here we go. Yep. Did a little bit. 
I'll never get used to this. There goes 1989. Oh, it's bigger than I remember it. Nope. 1987. Oh, yeah. Got my acid wash jeans on. How about that? Hey, you know, you, uh, you always do such a good job of blending in. Right. I'm wearing my future my jacket. Ca- Your what jacket? My future jacket. Future jacket. Yeah, they didn't have jackets You're like sure this. Not- hey, look, look at that kid over there eyeballing me. Yeah, just mind your own business, yeah. kid. I've got my new... Remember we used to have the game watches? We mm-hmm. had like Frogger on there, but it was like really, really bad graphics. I scored what, one what? of those too, so... Yeah. Yeah. Frogger, man. Frogger is impossibly hard. <laughs> yes, it is. To be as bad 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 graphics as it was it was a pretty tough game like you know i i got a uh i got a konami game because i got it's a castlevania symphony of the night and it came with frogger on it right and i'm like oh frogger that game is so hard and there's no payoff <laughs> it's like right. so, so you got a frog in every one of those little little safety alcoves at the top you don't get anything you just have to do it again and it's harder same thing with Donkey Kong. That, yeah, that's how the games were. I'm sure there was a point where at the end of Frogger you got some kind of a, you know, the frog is safe message <laughs> if you did it enough times. You take the frog and you fight Hitler. Is that how that works out at the end, I think? That is <laughs> Bionic Commando, and that is the best game ever made. Now, just the other day I was telling somebody out how good Bionic Commando was. All right, cool. Let's jump into this. So we're going to talk about 1987's The Gate and you want to introduce who are who gives our synopsis this week, Danny? Since you well, had you to know, watch all those movies. Yeah, I had to watch all these movies on on his behalf, but uh, I managed to locate and uh, and employ Freddy Krueger to give us the synopsis. You know, it's October. I figured I'd do something a little on the the horror kick, and uh, and so I got him to introduce our our gate synopsis. All right, here we go. Freddy Krueger here to tell you about the gate. The Gate is a movie about two youngsters who find a rock in a hole. That's what I call caveman miniature golf, bitch. Then one of them has a dream about his mom and kills a dog. He should have seen the difference, but it was too bark. At the end, a big monster is killed by a love rocket. Or as I like to call it, Saturday Night with Your Mom. With heavy metal albums helping the kids to navigate the hellish demon summoning world. Because the whole scene would have hurt without band aid. Hope you enjoy the show, bitch. <laughs> He's still cracking the bad jokes. I, 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 right? <laughs> yeah, Peppy. Peppy's not pleased. <laughs> <laughs> Take another look at Peppy. So let's kick this thing off. Daddy, what's your number one reason to watch The Gate? Man, my number one reason has got to be The Night of Terror. You know, the, so so the, the movie in itself is great. It's, it's got kind of a dreamy quality to it. But in so many horror movies, and this one is included, it ends in this, in this nonstop hell night that, yeah. I mean, really, like, you, you barely have time to stop, to look in the mirror, to check your collar. For a good minute and a half, like uh, like Alex, uh, the the kid's big sister does. <laughs> right. Oh, now that's over. Now I need to go stand in front of a full length mirror and check my collar for a long time. Right. <laughs> it does have that kind of atmosphere, and and it does move pretty quickly. 
Yeah, yeah. It's like the first half of the movie is build, and the second half of the movie is just one night where where just stuff starts happening to these kids, and and that's what you yeah. wanted. You know, a 1987 kid based horror movie. You know, it's got that whole you know what happens when the parents are away thing. Right, and that's actually one of the things like- I got is parents are parents are out of sight and out of mind, which just really draws us back into be being a teen because it's you know parents just don't understand. Ooh, hell me. <laughs> I think that was a few years later but yeah I, I agree and um, to to just put the put the nails into my uh my all one night coffin here i just i gotta say you know there are lots of it alludes to this evil and then in one night it takes four different forms to attack these kids and and it's just kind of a non-stop like busting through walls and chasing them in closets and 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 crawling under door frames and busting through mirrors and, and it's just all of a sudden this thing has gone from being a uh, you know like like a bad dream to a real threat right and, and we, you and I have kind of talked about this before it's not my number one reason but it's definitely on the list but it has this phantasm kind of feel to it yes because it's hard to, hard to distinguish what is really going on what's not going on just the the, the weird nightmarish idea of the things that happen are so reminiscent of kind of what you see in the phantasm stuff. It, it really does have that kind of feel to it. Well, yeah. Rick, what yep. is your first reason to watch my the My first game? reason, my very first reason is uh, I have to give props to the little nerdy kid with glasses because he's always wearing a metal jean vest with the, the metal logos on the back. One being Venom and the other being Killer Dwarfs. Which, I'm just going to say it right here, there is such a separation between the group Venom <laughs> and the group Killer Dwarves that, that one kid would like both is pretty odd. Uh, Venom is kind of death metal, and Killer Dwarves is uh, kind of fun Canadian, uh, just, I don't know, I mean, they were rock, but they were not, you know, satanic or anything like that. They were just, they were just a rock band with a lead singer, it's about... I don't know, three foot tall. Apparently, he was the Killer Dwarf. So, uh, well, I'm a you know, big I... Killer Dwarfs fan, is, is what I'm getting to. I love Killer Dwarfs. Uh, I think they're very underrated. But the fact that there's a kid in a movie wearing a jacket that has a Killer Dwarfs logo on the back, hey, I, I salute you. <laughs> hey, you know, Terry is, is, a, is a misunderstood youth, and... It's because of his love of all things sacrifice that uh, right. <laughs> you know, that they're actually able to close this gate. Because you know you think so. So here's another thing about this movie: you'd think that you know, with two kids, home alone, kid, you know, the parents are away, the teenage sister has a party. You know, you'd think that the kids would somehow be blameful of right. this of this thing, but no. I mean, it just this this hole is uncovered in their backyard. And it happens to just be a gate to, you know, to some Stygian dimension full of demons. They, they didn't do anything to bring it there. As a matter of fact, they, they brought out a Bible and tried to close the dang thing. Right. So, you know, like I said, normally kids would somehow be at fault. You know, their their curiosity would be at fault. No, these kids are just wrong place, wrong time. Right. I mean, and some, some of the events lead up to the fact of it becoming worse. You know, the, yeah, the hole opens up, but... You know, then you get the the boyfriend that tries to get rid of the dog or take it to the vet and <laughs> ends up coming back and making it the sacrifice, basically. So, 
And there's all these things, these things that have to happen through the movie in order for, you know, the demons to come back and, and rule the earth. And that's kind of what we're looking at. Uh, that's another thing, too, is you kind of got this, and you brought up the Sacrifix band. <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, the album cover is very much like the Evil Dead book, you know, because it's got all these drawings and incantations and all this stuff. And, you know, it's spelling out how this is supposed to happen. And, you know, it's all it's all going back to that, you know, being scared of the satanic music, the satanic panic thing that happened in the 80s. And so it really ties into that. You could watch this movie and and the original, you know, 86 Trick or Treat back to back and kind of have a satanic panic fest because <laughs> that's really what it ties into well just like you said it's it it's the whole you know well you, obviously he's got a he's got a heavy metal album and so that's going to tie into the satan element of all this it's oh, yeah. um it was the it was the heavy metal scare of the 80s sure take taking yeah. form in canada in the only way it can <laughs> right <laughs> what do you mean you're not listening to ann murray or brian adams they were listening to Brian Adams too. It was hard not to at this point. Got my first real demon popping out of my backyard. I fought it till my fingers bled. <laughs> it was the gate. Help me. <laughs> <clears throat> hey, what you got, man? All right, so I'm just going to start going in order of the movie more or less now. And I'm going to say that the first reason to watch this movie is the dream sequence at the beginning because I had forgotten all about the fact that there's a dream sequence kid goes outside gets in his tree house tree is struck by yeah. lightning I mean and, and I'm watching this going I don't remember this being how this all starts you know but but this is this is so strange and, and bizarre and dreamlike and yep. and the tree falls over and that's then you know there's there's kind of his warning that this thing's opened up you know and you know, it's, it's, so it kind of it, it just just drops you right into this thing, and then it kind of takes you back out so that you meet the characters. But the very first thing, you know, this 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 dreamy thing where the tree falls down and there's fire and lightning, and, and it's just uh, it's a great little intro. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I did the same thing because it's been so long since I've seen it, and uh, yeah, I, don't, I didn't remember it opening up with this sequence of you know him going out to the the tree house and all this stuff and i was like wow i've I've totally blanked this out but then you know kind of gives you the explanation of you know that's kind of how the the whole kind of started or whatever and it's just kind of a dreamy explanation of you know why things are happening so yeah uh, you know you've ever been in dream state to where you're hearing noises outside but it turns into something else in your dream then you wake up and realize it's just you know you know your plumber out there banging on stuff or something <laughs> right right except in this case it was you know demons trying to to hard scrabble their way into our uh, our world and they just happen to find like a little home for a second in this kid's dream right well, the next reason I got is that her it's it's the the sister of our main character but her best friend has got that weird crazy 80s hair it's got like that yeah. front piece of just sticking up like a peacock that's a reason to watch this because I don't even know how to describe it. You can almost say it's kind of like uh, something about Mary. <laughs> 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 you, you guys know the hair scene I'm talking about. That's kind of what this looks like. <laughs> and uh, you know, it, it's such an '80s trope to have. Uh, you know, the the parents are going away for a long weekend, yeah. and 
and she's old enough to be the babysitter now. So of course, Alex or Al has a party. Right. You know, Why wouldn't you? Yeah, because it's the '80s and parties were where it's at. So yeah, in, in the middle of this kegger, you know, they got all this weird stuff starts happening, and and uh, that's that's something I had on my list: levitation at a teen kegger. <laughs> And none of them seem really surprised. <laughs> Either they're all just really shot from drinking too much, or, you know, I don't know. They just don't seem that impressed that dude's floating around, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that light is a feather stiff as a board game. You know, everybody does that. And, and you know, if you get the little brother involved, and he always floats to the ceiling and then rips the uh, the light fixture out of the, out of the, the wiring there. That's just what happens, man. That right. never happened to you? Yeah. Nah, nah, I've... I, only when I was uh, trying to, to uh, tame the savage heart. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> when, they, when they go up, they touch that, you know, that light bulb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I shall marry both women. Well, you know, I, I don't think I've had a, a teenage party like that since that time I was watching Johnny Steele on the on the music video, and then he and then he came down and, and, and helped me with all those, uh, those critters that got in my house. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Johnny Steele. Johnny um, Steele. Different movie. My next reason to watch it is when Terry kills the family dog. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, Terry wakes up. He's like, mom, his mom's been dead. And he sees her. And she's like, come here. Come here to me. I love you. He goes down there and he, he, start, he starts holding her or whatever. And then, you know... Something breaks the spell, of course, and, and he's holding the family dog, Angus. He's like, ah, and he throws the bug down, and then the yeah, dog doesn't make it. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Which is well, yeah, which is something dog. that just re- really upsets everybody. I mean, kids, what do you think about do- dogs dying in movies? Yeah. yeah, it's kind of what we think, too. Not not happy with that at all. They were excited at first, but, you know, then, then, they, then they realized. Yeah, right. So, yeah, yeah, the... Uh, what a weird scene, man. Because, yeah, you got his mom down there in, like, a negligee. And, like, you know, dead moms don't normally hang out in negligees. Or whatever that was she was wearing. <laughs> well, you know, not around my house. But maybe maybe in Canada. Maybe so. Maybe Here's maybe. The... It's different. Come to Jerry's and buy a dead mom negligee for your deceased loved one. <laughs> Take another look at your mom. <laughs> <laughs> I think Freddy Krueger had something to say about that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, my next one, man. It's got to be those creepy little demons, man. Yeah. Those things are awesome. I mean, that that's why you're watching this movie. That's what it's you saw true. in the advertisements. These things are fantastic. They're kind of cute. They're kind of ugly. They're kind of scary all at the same time. They move in such a weird, quirky, jerky kind of way that you really can't put your finger on what's happening here. And mm-hmm. I think I, I agree. Know, I had to look up we, the special effects in it. Go ahead, go ahead. Right. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say because in your mind you're thinking, okay, it's just a bunch of stop motion, but apparently it's not, right? Yeah, it was. It was forced perspective, uh, where where they made them look tiny by by camera tricks, and it was people in rubber costumes. Yeah, I, I just those, I dig, and I I think that's why it works. I and I don't think that the masks had working eyes. Because you can kind of tell they don't know that they look around at stuff like right. they still don't see anything, and it's yeah. really weird. It's really but they weird. don't have necks. <laughs> they don't have necks, so they have to turn their whole body to, to do. That's things. true. So, you know, I, the, the, they're creepy, man. I mean, uh, 
I was scared of them. I mean, I, I thought, you know, I'd, I'd drop kick them, kind of like what, what our uh, one of our heroes does in this movie. But, you know, those things are creepy, man. <laughs> I They are a top reason to watch the movie, for sure. Yep. Uh, so my next reason is the Etch-A-Sketch connection, where, like, they crack open the giant demon egg from the from the gate, you know. They're like, yeah. They they become uh, Stephen King from from Creep Show all of a sudden. They're like, <laughs> right. There's things worth a million dollars. And they crack it open and like like smoke shoots out at them. And then um, and then the etch a sketch is right next to it. It's got all this scrawling on it, you know. Which of course you you would find on a heavy metal cover, you know, in, in right. Act Three. But it's a uh, it's it's a cool little thing. It's got the edge sketch there. I like it. Yeah. It's a reason to watch. Yeah, I, I thought it was cool too. Maddox recent kind of ties back into Beastmaster and Pan's Labyrinth and all that stuff. But when uh, when our the the main demon comes up towards the end and he yeah and he grabs you know our little hero by the head, Stephen Dorff, Glenn, and he gets and he gets that eyeball in his hand. Yes, that was oh, wicked, man. man. I mean, also now. I wanted to hear some uh, faith no more start at that point. <laughs> that's almost that's almost the point where it stops being like a kiddie horror movie and it starts being like the void or something. It's it's right. really like it's really super creepy and you know it makes you look at the palm of your hand just to make sure you don't have an eyeball there. Yeah, and it's very it's for- well done too. It look it looks good. It does. It's it's foreshadowed too that they are like like their hand icons drawn on his wall in blood with with eyeballs in the palm. You know, right, right when when he, they start getting chased by the giant um, caretaker ghoul guy, um, and you know, I'm I'm just making sure I didn't miss anything that I want to mention. I, there's the "Sorry I Killed Your Dog" conversation that they have on the front porch, where Glenn's in his yeah. in his jammies. That's a reason right. to watch, just because it's like, hey, sorry I killed your dog. That's okay, he was old. And it's like, <laughs> you want to mess around later? Sure, sure. <laughs> It's like, what are you going to do? You're not going to bring the dog back, and he's still your best friend, so... Sorry yeah. I killed your dog. Sorry sorry I killed your dog. And, of course, he's kind of got the same problem, because, you know, our main characters, their parents are gone. But, you know, dude goes back to his house. His dad's kind of out of sight, out of mind, too. You know, he works all the time, whatever. So, of course, a kid in this situation is going to be a metalhead, because kind of what he's got. But yeah, man, that that whole scene where he's back at his house and he's pulling the the, the sheet back over his head and he's quoting the lines from the the uh, Sacrifice album, yeah, oh, that's pretty cool, man. Because you know, that was kind of me back in the day, except I didn't you know throw a sheet over my head. I grabbed a you know a yardstick or a tennis racket and played guitar. So uh, well, and he's yeah, got man. A, he's got a pretty savage like uh, like air guitar solo right before the sheet part too. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So oh. Yeah, I, I kind of dug that part because I, I was like, man, that was that was me back in the day for sure. <laughs> hey, it's you now. It's Every me time now. I, I come over, you got the tennis racket. I'm like, what are you That's doing, right. man? I'm doing some, some twisted sister. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not going to take it. All right, it. what you got? Um, <clears throat> I'm going to say the whole, like, trying to close the gate with the Bible thing. It's awesome. Yeah. Like, like yeah. from the beginning, where where they they've covered the gate with this this wood, like like barn door thing that they put over it, and then he starts reading from the Bible, and light starts coming up, and and <laughs> smoke starts billowing out of this thing, and it busts all the wood off, and then he's got like one stanza left to read, and and of course you know Glenn's like 
you're standing too close to the hole. He's like, don't tell me what to do. He falls down in the hole, and he falls in the hole, and, and the fall just takes forever. And yeah. when he gets to the bottom, it's the first time you see those little demon things, and they start yeah. chewing on him, and it's like, start- what is going on, you know? <laughs> right. It's great. Man. They bite him and stuff, and they're like, okay, does this mean he's going to change later, or... You know, what are these things? And, of course, like, when he climbs back out, the hole doesn't take near as long. <laughs> so, so for all of you out there, for all of you out there in movie land, you know, and you're like, man, I don't remember the gate being that good. It's not. Okay, it's not. <laughs> so just turn it on, watch that beginning dream sequence, fast forward a little, you know, like, get, get the feel for the characters. Watch this part. With the hole, yeah. you know, with him falling in and the, and the things coming around. Show it to your friends. Be like, look at these things. They're like little weird rubber monster guys. Then watch this last part where they get chased around the house. Watch that stuff. But yeah. don't don't bother yeah. with the whole movie. The whole movie, you get it. You, you know what's going on. Yeah. You don't really need to watch it. It does do a whole lot of character building, and it, that kind of drags it there for a while. But, yeah, from kind of this point from where you're talking right here to, to the rest of it, it's, it's pretty dang good. Um and again, you know, I can't say it enough, but there's a lot of kind of Evil Dead feel of that too, because it's almost like Evil Dead too, when they're reading the yeah. passages to, to bring it into the flesh so they can defeat the evil or whatever. So this is kind of that same mentality of, you know, maybe we should say some some scriptures over this, and maybe that'll, you know, put this away. Well, what scriptures read? I don't know. Just flip to a page and read. <laughs> yeah, you know. So it's it's. It's fun of it's full of that kind of stuff that I think is just a lot of fun. Uh, and you just said it while ago, man. The, the next reason for me is just out of nowhere when they think they finally kind of defeated the evil or whatever. They're standing in the house and the wall just bust open, and it's this creepy zombie dude. No yeah. real explanation who he is or anything, and he just kind of falls out of the wall. And you think it's just a dead dude that just come out of the wall, almost like something that would happen in Poltergeist or something. But then he starts yeah. coming out. I kind of thought, I kind of went back and thought, well, maybe maybe one of the workers fell into the hole or something that I missed because like it's pretty specific. There's like a guy with like dirty clothes and he's got a big gash in his head, and he just busts yeah. through the wall and 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 grabs Terry. And it's like, why why was yeah. it that guy? Why wasn't it one yeah. of those? Why wasn't it a big demon creature? Right. You know? So it's just kind of a weird, another just throwing you a curveball. Again, it's got that, that phantasm things of things that just doesn't make a lot of sense because you're kind of in this dream state through the whole thing. But this this guy's pretty creepy, man. He comes at him. And this is the scene everybody knows from the movie. I remember it being in the trailer. People talking about it at school. But when he comes forward at him and he falls down and when he hits the ground, he just busts into a bunch of these little creatures that we were talking about earlier. That's just such a such a cool idea, man. It, it, it still works for me. Well, so so let's let's look at this for just a second. If they didn't make those creatures stop motion, which we found out they didn't, and they were actually actors wearing rubber costumes that they used forced perspective to make look small, right? Right. That means they had a full-size rubber demon costume that they yeah. didn't use for the giant demon that was chasing them. Right. Like they, they could have just they, not used the perspective trick, put an actor right. in that rubber monster. And had it chase people around, but sure. instead they chose to have this like zombie ghoul instead. Yeah, why? Again, you just kind of go, wow. It, it doesn't matter because again, it just you know that's that's just <laughs> it's the '80s, dude. You can do whatever, and uh, and maybe just maybe maybe they thought that if you used the rubber suit 
it would look too much like a rubber suit in that kind of setting. I don't know. Right. Because no, I, I there is some, Man, there's definitely some stop motion. Because remember the one they slam the door and that, and that one creature's arm sticking through there and it falls to the ground and it like turns into liquid and runs back under the door. So you know that was all stop motion. Yeah. So, again, like in like in Evil Dead, they have a few. They they have rubber monsters. They have forced perspective, and they also have like a little stop motion thing. Because that was the go-to special effect of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I still like it. I mean, I think it works for some things. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. I, I just that dude coming out of the wall, man, is probably what you think of most in this movie because it just comes out of left field and, and still looks good, still has the same effect. You know, they're back up against the wall. They don't have any way to protect themselves, and he just falls to the ground. And, you know, breaks into all those creatures. I'm like, that's such an original idea. As far as I'm concerned, I can't think of anything else where I've seen that happen. Well, yeah, I'll I'll tell you what I think of. You know, watching this as a kid, the thing that jumps to mind when I think of the gate is the final showdown. That that looks like yeah. a it looks like a music video from the '80s. There's a, a creature, you know, that that comes up and it's all stop motion, and he has to run away from it. And it seems like no matter how far he runs, he's still right there next to it. You know, like right. That's what I think of, and that thing was stop motion to the oh, yeah. max. So like four arms, yeah. you know, like yeah, the size of a house. It's one of my, I've got it down as one of my reasons to watch it because I still think it's a cool looking creature. It's so different. Again, you know, we talk about all the stop or the, all the CGI stuff we've seen in movies recently, and it just seems like they just keep using the same kind of creatures over and over. It's always going to be some squidish looking, you know, kind of octopus looking monster, no matter what it is. Yeah, and this this thing looks like, you know, a cool version of the Kraken. Yeah, you know, and I don't know, man. I I I, I still think it's pretty cool. Is it scary? No, but it looks pretty cool. I mean, I don't expect a demon from hell to look like this thing. <laughs> well, and you know, I, I think that kind of falls into there must have been some love Lovecraftian, you know, right? Because they talk about the elder gods in that in that. Uh, a sacrifix uh, song. You know, he mentions the elder gods before the gods, and although right. the Bible is invoked, the the, the devil's not really ever named. Um, right. And I think you know the, the eye and the hand, and the glyphs and the elder gods. I think it's all kind of a a, a nod and a wink to the yeah. uh, to the Lovecraft um, right. pantheon of gods there. You know, and sure. So this thing's kind of a Yog Sothoth or a Cthulhu or whatever. Right. Yeah, I mean, I totally get that too because that that does seem to be the way this movie kind of leans. You said it earlier; it's it's got so many things that you kind of see later on in the, in the void that you know yeah. are kind of the same ideas. Very very Lovecraftian for sure. Well, and you know, and while while I'm at it, I do have to say that in the '80s and probably the mid '90s, when I when I went to a, a TCBY, I made sure to order the Yog Sothoth. It, it's always good. You know, the yogurt was was nice and <laughs> and creamy. <laughs> Yogwitch. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, seriously, right, at the uh, end, you know, Glenn becomes Sinbad fighting the, you know, the right the big claymation monster. It, man, it's, it's awesome. Exactly what it is. Yep. And how does he do it? With a great big model See, rocket. With a great big rocket. It's the rocket of love. Yeah. Because it represented you know what the, he the family's <laughs> love for his love. rocket or whatever. <laughs> I love your rocket, you know brother. Been better. What? So, you know, I was going to say it would make this better if he had a Dixie flamethrower. 
Or maybe if they just beat it with, uh, you know, like old old issues of that comic book, Love and Rockets. It was like, Love and Rockets. Rocket Love. Or maybe or maybe throw the band Love and, love and Rockets at it. Throw the band Love and Rockets with uh, Killer Dwarf. Hey, Killer Dwarf will take that demon down. I can tell you that I, already. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to believe you on that one because though I'm not familiar and I'm probably not going to become familiar on your... You know, your I think you I think you kind of like them actually. I think lyrically they're pretty smart. It's just they were totally misrepresented. Uh, but they were they were, if they were known for anything, they were known for pranks. So there's a video on YouTube. And I know we're getting way off subject, but there's a video on YouTube where Killer Dwarfs are, are famous for pulling pranks on whatever band they're touring with, and they're touring with Iron Maiden. <laughs> and this is so great because. Maiden, you know how they do with their music. They'll get real serious in some parts, you know, and they get all the smoke and fog. Well, they, <laughs> they took a, they took a blow-up shark and put it like on a remote control car. <laughs> so you got Steve Harris out there just playing this real serious bass part, right? All this smoke. And all of a sudden, here comes this shark across the stage. <laughs> and after that, they, they finally grab it and throw it off the stage. The drummer for Killer Doors comes out wearing a pair of <laughs> zebra skin speedos and suspenders with a beer in each hand and just starts doing a dance in front of the drum rig. <laughs> they kick him off the stage and then after that, two of them come out in one of those uh, one of those Halloween horse outfits, you know. <laughs> and they're dancing on the stage in this horse outfit. This is all during one show. This is all like in a four-minute segment <laughs> in its own YouTube. It's hilarious. And that's what these guys were known more for. Anything else was they'd so get kicked if, off of every tour because they would do these kind of breaks to the, to the main band. <laughs> was, their music, was their music more like, I don't know, like, like Ned's Atomic Dustbin or something? Like kind of a, a poppy punk? kind of sound or no, was it metal they or what they weren't they weren't punky at all that's the thing is they kind of got associated with they sound like they're punk you know like the whole the, the like, name the, the name kind of leans that to that but they're really kind of they're, they're just rock and roll but hmm. they're really really anti-establishment they were always against big big record companies and that was always kind of the the statement you know gotcha uh, their their click was everybody in the band it's funny you say the punk thing because Everybody in the band's last name was Dwarf, <laughs> like the Ramones. You know, everybody took the last name. Right. And uh, But in all of their videos or all the promos, they always had the lead singer like locked up in a crate, kind of like the crate from Creepshow. So it's like he was this little dangerous animal that if he turned him loose, he would destroy things. That was kind of their whole shtick, I love that. You know? That's awesome. Yeah. You need to look them up, man. I, 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 they surprised me. Because I liked them because of the shtick, because I thought it was kind of a funny thing. And again, they make fun of the establishment all the time, not taking themselves seriously at all. But when they wrote serious songs, uh, you would probably like, there's an album called Dirty Weapons. Really good. And uh, I don't know, man. I just, I think they're very underrated. They just never got their chance because people didn't know what to classify them as because they weren't hair metal. Even though they kind of looked hair metal, but they were really kind of against that altogether. Uh, really hard to describe. Uh, yeah, I, I say just check them out. You know, especially I, I check out I, check out the the Iron Maiden. Say Killer Dwarves. Uh, you know, pulls pranks on Iron Maiden. I swear you'll just bust out laughing. Man. It's great. 
I, I will. I'll, I'll give him a, a try now, now that now that we've delved a little deeper into it. And I don't think it's time wasted. You know, no. people, we're not going to spend a whole hour talking about, it, and we might need need we might not need to talk about anything for a whole hour, to be honest. <laughs> but like the gate, you know, I'm I'm a firm believer in that if somebody could make a, a highlights reel for the gate, you could watch that and be just as good off. And you know, nobody's going to get hurt. Right. By you not watching the gate, you know the, the actors right. aren't getting any residuals. I think I read some stuff about the the guy who made the movie, like had a a much darker vision for it, and uh, and it got lightened up. So that might explain why some of it is 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 kind of incongruous with the with the plot, like the the ghoul guy or whatever. But like you know whatever, it's a decent movie. But if you just watch the highlights, you're not going to be missing out. That's my right. opinion. Well, and you and I kind of talked about this too. It feels like an older movie. It feels like a more of an early '80s movie. Yeah, like '82, '81. Because yeah. they spend so much time developing, you know, getting you on board with these kids and their situation. Well, so it almost has that kind of ET, you know, background of you associating with the kids and less of the alien. But finally, when it kicks in, you know, it's got the good stuff that it delivers on. It's just not enough of it. Well, and I think when when I said that, I said, you know, this doesn't seem like 1987. You responded, it was Canada. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a kind of a crossbreed movie of some American companies and, and Canadian companies putting this together, and and obviously with all the the band stuff, all that stuff. I mean, it's 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 Canadian. Uh, well, but I have no problem. I, with I that. think uh, originally, like you know, I, I one thing I did read about it because I've I, you know anybody can go out there and find you know ten things about the gate you didn't know, and I read those. Um, you you've got the one thing that I remember is that in the original script, Angus the dog doesn't come back. Yeah, and that that kind of would change the whole movie, I think, because that's kind yeah. of a that's kind of an ET moment when when the dog comes back. They're like, oh, sure. Angus. It's om- it almost makes yeah. it the dream that it seems like. Like, there are right. no real lasting repercussions here. Everybody's okay, even the dog. Yep. And that, that makes everybody happy, ain't that right, kids? Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things that just be- kind of became that staple of trying to make everything right again. Although, the last reason I've got is the ending of this movie, because even though you get everybody kind of coming back, even though they've turned into demons and all stuff, you know, even even our main character stabbing his best friend in the eye because he's kind of changed. You yeah. know, that scene's all crazy. And, of course, he gets to come back at the end, too. Everybody comes back except the dead mom. <laughs> well, you know, that was that was natural causes. That wasn't right. demonic causes. So, But what I love about this ending, because it almost has, even though everybody comes, comes back and you feel good about that, but it also has a time bed it's kind of ending where, wait yeah. a minute, our house is totally destroyed. <laughs> You know, our parents aren't home. What do we do now? And it's just like, the end. <laughs> well, what I've got here in my notes is that it's all okay because of the happy synthesizer music. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but I just love the camera starts pulling away. There's smoke still coming out of the house. Yeah. You know, they're all... Well, they're all happy as clams because they're alive, but what happens when mom and dad comes back? Exactly. You know? yeah, what did you do, Alex? Yeah, how are you going to explain, you know, that, well, we had demons, you know, come in our house and <laughs> you had a party, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> what happened to the light fixture and the banister and all, right. all the mirrors in the house and the wall? 
Yeah, why is there bloodstained handprints everywhere? <laughs> and you got that rocket out of the attic. Right. I had to use it to shoot the monster. <laughs> what happened to my rifle? I mean, it's, so it's got all those those things that you know you've kind of seen time and time again. But I just I love the fact that it just ends like everything's okay, even though it's not okay. Uh, yeah, you defeated the demon, so I guess it makes everything seem better. But you know, these these kids are gonna be grounded the rest of their lives. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they were in Canada. What were they gonna do anyway? Right. <laughs> Rating time, time, time. All right. So, what do you give it, Danny? Man, I'm gonna have to give it five eyeballs in your palm. Yeah. Looking around it, uh, for movies in Canada in the 1980s. And I'm going to give it uh, 37 Killer Dwarfs, because I, I like Killer Dwarfs. Awesome. Yeah. I like the Killer Dwarfs that are in the movie, and I like Killer Dwarfs that's the band. So there you go. Oh, so what does Brian Blessed say? Brian Blessed, what do you think of the 1987 movie The Gate? What is this? Madness. Wow. Oh. I guess he didn't understand it either. It's all the dream state stuff, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, Brian Blessed, he's not a fan of Canadian cinema. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Everybody has their, their things they don't like, and I guess that's just one of them. All right, folks, we'll be right back. They're called Sacrifix. My dad brought it from Europe, and it's got all this stuff in it. See, these guys are, like, really serious about demonology. And it's like they're trying to warn you. They wrote their own music. They got their lyrics from this thing called the Dark Book. That's like the Bible for demons. And here's the creepy part. This is their only album. And after they made it, they all died in a plane crash. Oi, Vivian, what you doing? Oh, good now, you're here. I found a way to make us bloody rich. Oh, that's great. Did you bring the goldfish? Yeah, go right. Hey, you threw my goldfish down the hole. Why would you do that? We need a sacrifice to raise the demon. And use your own bloody fish. Hey, I'm making sacrifices too. This bell requires blood. You just chucked a bloody steak down the well. Yeah. A steak I intended to eat. Like I said, sacrifices. So what do you need me for? This spell also requires levitation. Oh, you mean like this? Yeah, that's perfect. You do that. Fine. Ah! <gasps> what are you? I'm a demon. My name's Ned. You were so cute. Look at that little thing. Maybe we should have sacrificed something bigger than a goldfish. Look, I know I'm short, okay? You're a wee little thing. Hey, I thought I was here to make some kind of Faustian deal. If my services are not welcome, then... No, 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 it's okay. I'm sorry. My name's Vivian. That's Neil. We're Sacrifix. What's a Sacrifix? We're a band. Well, of course you're a band. Let me guess. Standard deal. Fame, fortune, and return for your souls. Well, I... I was going to ask for more hours at my job, but that sounds much better. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, the whole band would benefit from that. Fine. Take this book. It's the dark book. It's got some kick-ass lyrics in there for you. 
time, before the earth, before the sun, and before the light of the stars, when all was darkness and chaos. The old gods, the forgotten gods, ruled the darkness. But what was theirs now belongs to the world of light and substance. And the old gods, the rightful masters, are jealous, watching mankind with a hatred that is as boundless as the stars, with plans for the destruction of man that are beyond imagining. <laughs> hey, that was pretty good. Thanks, Little Ned. It's not Little Ned. It's just Ned. Now, in return, I want... You know, now that I think about it, we do have the book already, so... You son of a bitch! So what you gonna do with your pot of money? I think I'm gonna buy an airplane. Hi there folks, this is Jasper Chitty of the Chitty Trigger Bang Bang Gun Shop with a question for you. Are you tired of cheap guns that break on you? Well, of course you are. It's midnight, you're trapped in your closet with your sister, fighting an army of mini demons nipping at your heels, your best friend has just turned into the amazing rat boy and attacked you, your sister just finished loading the shotgun, when the zombie of a man who never existed slaps your shotgun in half and drags your sister to hell. Hey, we have all been there. Well, now your troubles are over thanks to the Thunderbolt Rocket Launcher. Lightweight, portable, stores easy in any average storage bin. Unlike other RPGs, the Thunderbolt is an actual toy rocket. Perfectly legal in all 50 states and kid-friendly. Fully loaded with the energy derived from pure love and light available to kill any demon. Though it's only been tested on one particular demon. With the Thunderbolt Rocket Launcher, you will live a long and wonderful life and grow up to become the blood god of vampires. And if you do happen to be fighting vampires and their blood god, then stock up on weapons at the Jasper Chitty Chitty Trigger Bang Bang Gun Shop today.
All right, folks. Glad you hung out with us again. Uh, we got a little bit of news that we want to share with you. I am going to be stepping away from Helming for a while. Um, Danny is going to keep the keep the boat going, and our good friend Mark Allison is going to step in and uh, kind of take over. Uh, you know, I may pop in from time to time, but real life kicks in, and you just have to kind of put things in, in the right perspective and, and uh, take care of things you got to take care of. This doesn't change anything. The show is going to keep going. It's going to be fantastic. I know it will be because we're putting it in, in you know, some very, very capable hands. But uh, just kind of wanted to go ahead and share that with you. We've been trying to think of a way to, to present this to you, but uh, I'm just going to have to take care of some other things. And uh, by no means is this a, a uh, official breakup. So it's not really a goodbye. It's just a goodbye for now. <laughs> I guess yeah. that's the best way to put it. And uh, if things work out, I'm still going to pop in from time to time and do a few things here and there. But uh, we didn't want to just completely stop the show because we we both love what we've got here. And uh, I think Mark is a is an excellent person to step in and, and kind of help with this. So uh, I look forward to hearing what it is these guys start putting together. And like I said, you'll still hear me from time to time. I'll still pop in and, and uh, hang out with the guys. So uh, that's kind of where we're at right now. And just wanted to share that with you. So uh, hopefully it doesn't really change much of anything. And the show just keeps on rolling like always because, hey, just like you're fans of Helming, we're fans of Helming as well. So uh, I, I hope that doesn't uh, deter you from checking out the show because I guarantee it's going to be just as good as always. Well, yeah, I, th- I think anybody who's out there knows how active you are and, and what quality uh, pro- products you put together. Uh, I similarly have an ear for it, and I'm going to be picking Rick's brain for some of the tricks that he uses. Make sure that the, uh, that the show is listenable because that's always been the goal. Is for right. it to be, you know, it's not going to overwhelm you with with uh, technical jargon, and it's not going to just drone on about whatever. We try and make a, a fast paced show about movies we love, and that's not going to change. You know, Rick right. is different than Mark, so so some of the movie selections might fall more in line with things that, that Mark and I like as opposed to Rick and I like, or they might be just stuff that Mark does that that I say, yeah, hey, let's let's give this a shot. I mean, it's going to change the show in that there will be a major element that's different. I can't, I can't think of a better per- person to, to actually be involved. So, I mean, you guys all know who Mark is anyways, because if you listen to the show, all your, the Helming Power Hour is brought to you by, and all the, you know, the special things, all the, the skits. I mean, he really cranks out a lot of stuff. He's been on the show, and we did House and House 2 as well. And, and right. I, I just, I think, I think it's just a, a great move. It's going to be a, a great addition to the family. Well, and, and Jeremy Finch is is still around, but I mean, I know he's busy too. I'm I'm sure he'll continue on if I ask him to. But we'll find out oh, what's yeah. going on with him. That sure. the show's not going away; it just might change, and uh, that's okay. Change is a a regular thing that happens. So I don't have anything else to add to that. We just kind of want to make it short and sweet, and kind of give you an explanation of what's going on. But we do appreciate you guys listening to the show, and we wanted you want you to keep listening to the show if you in, if in, if you enjoy this in any way, form, or fashion. It's all about fun, folks. That's what it's all about. Take another look at Jerry's. <laughs> <laughs> so if you need to find me, I'll be at Jerry's Disco. Uh, yep. <laughs> wearing a hard hat. <laughs> hey, what's the deal? What's the idea? Was it the idea? Yeah, which I can't even remember. <laughs> what's the idea? What's the best, the best dance club in the world? <laughs> That's good news. <laughs> 
You like girls? <laughs> They're here sometimes. <laughs> Folks, with that being said, we love you. We, t- we, we, we care for you. So just uh, we'll see you around the bend. We will see you next time. Adios. Goodbye. <laughs> Wrong sound effect. <laughs> Hello, everyone. A weekend with the parents away might seem like a good time to cut loose. This is natural. You may ask yourselves, when do I know things are out of hand? If your best friend kills your dog, you levitate to the ceiling, and a kraken from hell rises into your house, it probably has gone too far. These are what we like to call red flags. So if these things continue, or even if they occur, remember to take stock of your life, get your friends close, put your enemies far away, and take off for the hills, because the gate is open, and closing it may not happen. Well, that's all I got, so goodbye everybody, and remember, actions speak louder than catchphrases. Good night, everybody. Classic Curves by Biddos, the pants for feel-good company. A gift certificate from Maruchan Ramen Noodles. Rice-a-roni. All guests receive a copy of the Helming Home Game. Thanks to the creative minds and special appearances of Mark Allison, Jeremy Finch, and Jacob Kennedy. Helming is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. Check out all the great shows at legionpodcast.com. Helming is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Legion Podcast. This is Dan Pardo saying good night.
stop the torture.